1: I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today our special guest is Sarah Im, author, speaker, and survivor of the mass genocide in Cambodia that claimed two million lives in the 1970s. She endured four years of captivity under the Khmer Rouge and was forced to work in a labor camp and nearly died of disease there.
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. We want to talk to Sarah about her experiences there and about her award winning book, How I Survived the Killing Fields, as well as about her work here in the US, helping others to conquer fear, build confidence, eliminate roadblocks, and succeed in their lives. And we also want to hear about her wellness business, Smart Healthy Living.
3: Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Kathy and Mary. Thank it's you. great to have you.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure is ours. Thanks. Tell us about your life growing up in Cambodia and about what happened to you there in
3: 1975. Oh, growing up in Cambodia brings back very really nice memory. I love my childhood. My parents are farmers, so I grew up in a farm area my my farm is a small farm but it's pretty close to nature i enjoy the the garden the fruit vegetables and the river nearby and i play with my little my younger brother just uh, enjoy life and my parents believe in higher education mm-hmm. So they didn't want to train me to do anything in the farm. So as a farmer's child, and have nothing to do with the farm. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Interesting. So when I uh, graduated from high school, I went to college. College is far away, like over 300 miles away from home. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's located in the capital city. So I left my family. I went there by myself. Um, while I was in college, our country got through very, really, very really hard times, very difficult uh, period of um, the, in, the, in our history when the communist Camaros came in, they came in in the military style, with the tank, with truck, with soldiers carry big guns, and they matched, matched into the city. And the day that they matched in, I was not in school. Mm. All mm-hmm. the schools were closed. All the marketplace was closed because that was the day we wrap up our New Year celebration. So everything was closed. Oh. So they came in in the. They they took advantage of the. The atmosphere. So, everybody did not open their shop. Everybody in the house. So we didn't know what to expect, but the next day they surprised us big time. They went door to door and they demanded that all of us get out and leave everything behind. Oh. Oh. So we walk away from any everything that we ever owned without knowing where to go. They came in with madness, with anger and hatred and they they want to um just evacuate everybody from the city they didn't want they don't want any city life anymore wow no more city life Hmm. in fact they punish people that that you to live in the city so that's what they do to us they push us to go far away from the city and eventually we got into the the countryside and they they start to push us to work in the rice field
4: mm-hmm.
3: so i i end up in the in the camp the uh, the youth camp the single all all the people in that camp were single men and woman Mm-hmm. It, this this was the big camp it was about a thousand one thousand of us to start with
4: uh-huh.
3: all single and we worked very hard like 16 hours a day in the intense sun we will just talk about heat about <laughs> how hard how hard it was how how hard it is in your area in my area and in Cambodia it's hotter than that.
4: Mm-hmm. And hotter than the sun.
3: that, yeah. yeah. And imagine working in that hot sun all day long. And humid. Yeah, seven days a week, we don't didn't get the time to to rest, and I did not get enough sleep because worked too long hours. And then there's something else that we need to do in between the work and the the sleep. And we, uh, oh, during that time, the sleeping time, uh, before we go to sleep, we we receive a little food. A little. Just a little. Yeah, so
1: everybody was starving.
3: We were starving, so starved, exhausted, and eventually most of us got sick. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. so i got sick like like high fever malaria type oh, yeah so serious serious uh, disease mm. Mm. and well, uh, yes yes I, i'll pause for you to ask some more well <laughs>
2: Most of our listeners, or many of them, are very, very young, and they don't know what the killing fields was. Um, can you tell us more about it?
3: Yeah, what I just told you is the beginning of the killing field. And the, the killing field the, they name it um, after the after all things was over, everything was over. And they found that a lot of mass graves that oh. they, they throw the dead people in because the dead the people are dying too fast, too many uh-huh. to to bury one by one. So they they just throw into the mass grave. And also they kill a lot of people. Um I, I just told you that they didn't like the city people so so they killed them they kill people that have any connection with the previous government people that have higher education and people that are rich or wealthy and have big business so thank goodness i during the evacuation i was mixed and mingled with other people so i blend in and they did not have my name on their list mm-hmm. i was a, a college student i could be one on the list but yeah. but for some reason they they did not recognize me so thank god
1: that's amazing yeah. And what was the hardest thing that happened for you there? And how on earth did you survive?
3: The hardest thing was the disease, mm-hmm. the illness, and and the separation from my family. Don't know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Everything was hard. Everything was hard, but that's just a few things that I think is the hardest.
1: And were you able to find out later what happened to your family?
3: After all this over, after four years. How long was that? Four years.
1: But how do you think you survived with all that illness you had and everything? Did they ever give you any medical help?
3: No, I did not receive any medical help. Um, There's a long journey. It's, it's a long story, but but to make it to s- summarize, to make it simple, at one point when I got very sick, they uh, I could not go to work, uh-huh. so they don't want me to stay with the working people they sent me to the hospital. They said it's hospital, mm-hmm. but when I got to the hospital, I realized it's not a normal hospital.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, more like a jail?
3: More like a, a death camp. Oh, yeah. The,
1: uh,
3: the people that was there are very really sick, and they are just wait for their time. Mm. Mm, yeah, and I realized this is more dangerous because if I stay there, I will get more disease. So I was looking for my way out. but where where can I go? how did well, how did you get out? Well, this is where I think something that that saved my life during that time that i was looking for my way out i remember when i was young like like seven years old or so my mom read me a story in that story there was an abuse a mean person abused the children and a woman and they took god god saw what happened he sent the angel to rescue the children and the woman from this mean person. That just from a story that I listened to my mom. She was reading at night time. So my innocent mind realized that there is God. There is God. And He knows what's right, what's wrong. And He rescued the children and the woman.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So since then, I made up my mind that there's God, I believe in God since I was young. Mm-hmm. Now that I was in a trap in this uh, sick facility, I realized I need to pray to that God, maybe He can help me. So I pray, I pray, pray, pray many, many days, many nights and then uh, one day i decided i feel like i have extra energy so i got up very early that day and i sneak out wow mm-hmm.
2: that's very brave of you
3: i sneak out and thank god i i went to the the work camp and one young team leader she saw me come in and she took me in. she's like Stay with me i might be able to help you to find something to do so we have to do something when when we are out of the death camp we we cannot just go there and do nothing we have to do something so but she realized that i'm too sick to do anything for her and the next day she came back to me she said i talked to the kitchen to the people in the kitchen and they say that they can use your help
2: Oh. Lucky yeah. you. Good. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't so much luck. Maybe it was your, your strong belief. What What lessons did you learn from your experience there that is carried over
3: to today? Well, from there, I, I learned that you should never give up, never give up. In my case, it was the hopeless situation. Mm-hmm. I was trapped in this this infirmary i couldn't uh, i couldn't do nothing and just wait for time for me to die uh-huh. or i just give up have no no home, and just give up and let the death take me away
2: hmm. I, I have another question that is a little bit different but have you been back to cambodia since
3: yes i've been back one time
2: and what was it like?
3: It's so much different. I don't, I have a hard time recognize anything. It had been over 30 years since I left. Mm-hmm. So it, it was so much different, but the people are still the same, uh, but they got older. I have a lot of cousins, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cousin and grand <laughs> hmm grannies grand. yeah yeah the people the people are still kind and loving and you know my my family is still my family so that yeah nothing never changed but the the atmosphere and everything changed
1: yeah and tell us why did you write your book what's it called and where can people buy it
3: my book is called how i survived the killing field
1: yeah, okay, good.
3: The reason I wrote the book is there are a few reasons, but just give you a couple. I came across some people that did not think that the killing field exists, that it never happened. It hurt me more than anything, mm-hmm. it hurt me more than living through it for four years. Mm. When when people deny that that happened. So I say, I will prove, I will write my story. And I want to to uh, invite a lot of uh, survivors like me to write their own story, but nobody wants to do it. It's too painful to go back and dig out that pain. And another reason early on, before I ever published a book, Some of my friends know a little bit about my story, and one one friend invited me to speak at her woman group during lunchtime, lunch meeting. Uh I told my story. After they heard my story, one woman cried so hard. I found out that she missed her, her teenage, son who took his own life Oh, mm-hmm. because the hardship that I gone through and everything and and I don't know why why but it for for her it triggered her so when I found out that I wasn't shock. I said wow people live in the beautiful prosperous country People around the world dream about coming here to live here and why Mm. people, why, why people who live here still not happy. (laughs) And I thought that if they just learn a little bit about my story, they might change their mind from taking their own life. I have no idea why he did it, but I have no cure for, for that, that. Uh, mental um, Uh situation, I have no idea. But I just thought that if people hear about the hardship that we all went through, they might change their mind about taking their own life. So that's my innocent uh, thinking. That's
1: beautiful thinking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that note, can you give our listeners a few tips on how they can recover from this, their setbacks and their grief and become more resilient?
3: Sure. Yes, I love to talk about building your resiliency. Resilient. Uh, once people, people that are resilient, they, they bound back, they bound back quickly to restart their own life. And they don't give up easily. They are, Mm -hmm. they are more confident, they're more optimistic. So I, I want to help people to be more optimistic. For me, I am an optimist by nature because, Mm -hmm. because I believe that God exists. So that's, that helped me to be an optimist already because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I believe that the future can change, things will be better. Uh-huh. Although I've gone through very hard time, but it's only temporary. Things will change. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just, just like we live in Florida, we experience a hurricane all the time. But you know, it come and go. Hurricane it just come and then disappear. So our life is like that. We live through hard time, and then we will. Uh, everything will be fine, and then we we'll go through hard time again. And so it's just like, it's the, it's the way that life is. So um, also to be resilient, you have to reach out to, to people that you love and uh, build your social connection, trusting mm-hmm. people we we cannot isolate ourselves from everybody else so true yeah social connection is so amazing that when we have something that bothers us if we trust people we just share what, what is bothering us and that person that listen, sometimes they don't know what to do just the listen alone it helps us mm-hmm. Just listen.
1: Yeah. And you co-host a weekly live show on Facebook titled A Thriving Conversation. So that, of course, is helping people network with social and using social media to an advantage. So tell us about that and what your goal for it is.
3: Yeah, The Thriving Conversation was, was born in in March
4: twenty twenty. Okay. You know? <laughs> when the know
3: pand- that. Yeah, when pandemic hit, my co-host and I we get together and we talk about how we can uplift our community, how we can help them to calm down. So um that's the original intent. And then later on we decided we don't want to talk about the hard time that we gone through long time ago. Uh-huh. We, we already gone through. It's already past. We need to deal with the future now. is Now is the time for us to talk about how do we thrive from here. So we are inv- We invite a lot of guests that have a uh, a surviving background, but now they are thriving. People that overcome big, big time problem in their life and now they are thriving, they are prospering. So uh, many of our guests are like that, but they don't have to have that defined uh, life like that. If they have a story they want to share to uplift the listener, we invite them to come. Can
2: you give us a pointer or two on how you can help people thrive and move forward?
3: Well, each one of us have different skill set, but if we we build on what we we know and how to try to try is to you want to build a better future. For me, I had to forgive whoever did wrong to me first. I had to clear my conscience. I had to heal myself to to try you have to be healthy you have to be strong you have to be energetic
1: Mm -hmm. i love the title of it thriving conversation because it's ongoing it means it's ongoing and we all have to work on that all the time because we might have a day we feel like we're barely surviving but maybe the next day we get to a thriving day So I love the upbeat feeling of that. I can't wait to listen to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, please tell our listeners about your wellness business, Smart Healthy Living, and why
3: you came to it and how. (laughs) Smart Healthy Living, I built it um, before I published my book. So I worked on it for about 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Before I start on that journey, I was a full-time caregiver to my mom. Oh. I, I took care of my mom for 10, for 13 years.
1: Wow. Here in she, the United States?
3: In the United States, after mm-hmm. she came over, and then toward the end of her life, she's now doing well. So I, we took her in, my husband and I took her in to our home, and we took care of her. And I realized my mom suffers so much physically. And it remind me also back in Cambodia. The suffering comes from the physical suffering. Mm-hmm. So I just want to help people to take care of themselves before their health decline. Uh-huh. And at that time, I was in my mid my, in my 50. I just turned 50 and I struggled with something and I realized, oh, my health is not that good anymore. So it was a wake up call for me. The same time that I took care of my health, I also want to help other people. So that that's what the business is coming about. It's about finding an alternative way to take care of ourselves, to to supplement with good nutrition, to make sure that you don't deal with um, um, toxic chemicals in your home, in your food and all that. It's just a basic, very basic common sense. So um, Mm -hmm. I did, I offered in terms of seminar, conference, health fair, this sort of thing, just to educate community about personal
1: self-care really really wonderful yeah Uh, you speak about self-leadership when you speak and you also guide people to win in life so can you give us a few tips on how to develop that and what would you like our listeners to have today as a takeaway from you
3: personal leadership i love to talk about that oh yeah people love to lead other people many many people you know not everybody want to be Uh a leader but in order to be a leader we have to be able to lead ourselves Uh so coming from my personal experience leading myself out of out of dying in the killing field that's one form of leadership. When when you get stuck in a certain position in a in a situation, how do you lead yourself out of trouble?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Perseverance, courage, faith, optimist optimistic perspective. So those are the quality of the good self-leadership.
1: Hmm. Those are good tips.
3: Very, very.
2: Any tip at all on developing those skills if you have none?
3: Hmm. Um, I think in order to have those skills, we have to have a purpose in life. When you live with a purpose, with love in your heart, you will find a way to develop that self leadership uh-huh. because, yeah, it's come from your heart and it comes from for your purpose. The purpose had to be bigger than ourselves. That's, That's we have so heard beautiful. several
1: of our guests say that, and I think it is so important. We've had a lot of people stress that, so I'm glad you brought that up today and what else what else do you want to leave our listeners with today
3: well you have to have faith somehow some way you have to believe something that is bigger than yourself yes we have capability but sometimes our own capability have a limit but if we are open-minded we believe that there is something bigger than ourselves and we trust and we have faith we don't give up mm-hmm. we keep moving keep moving because we believe that something will be better
2: thank you that's i'm so inspired thank you our guest today on late boomers has been sarah m survivor of the mass genocide in cambodia and author of the book How I Survived the Killing Fields. She's also a speaker and smart, healthy living entrepreneur. You can reach Sarah via her website, sarahm.com and on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Thank you so much again, Sarah.
3: Thank you for having me, Mary, and Kathy.
1: Thank you. We want to remind our listeners also to follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at immaryelkins Mary Elkins and at LateBoomers. Drop us a line on our website, LateBoomers.biz B I Z, and please subscribe to our Late Boomers podcast on your favorite platform. And thanks again, Sarah.
3: You're welcome. It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is
2: also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here, and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.
0: Calling all speakers. eWomen network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.